next week. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories, a leading microbiologist says he expects to see more cases of African swine fever and rat-based hepatitis E. Lawmaker Kwagaki insists the public will never accept proposals for extradition to the mainland and there's a warning that Hong Kong's population could fall as local brides move across the border. A leading microbiologist said the government needs to step up surveillance of pork imports as more cases of African swine fever are likely. A case of swine fever in an imported pig prompted a cull of 6,000 animals last week and the temporary closure of the Sengsui slaughterhouse. Sales of fresh pork are expected to resume tomorrow. But Ho Pak Lang of the University of Hong Kong said officials shouldn't focus only on the risk of imported live pigs. The African swine fever is not something that affects Hong Kong alone. Uh, it's a global problem. And as long as the infection remains prevalent in different parts of mainland and as well as in a neighborhood country. I think we are going to see additional cases in the near future. So the uh, recent detection of African swine fever uh, is a signal to remind us we need to enhance the surveillance not only uh, in live, part, live pigs imported from the mainland but also in chill as well as frozen uh, meat imported from mainland and other countries. Meanwhile, Dr. Ho says he believes there are many more cases of humans catching hepatitis E from rats than have so far been reported. Five people in the SAR have been diagnosed with a form of hepatitis E that's usually only found in rodents in recent months. Dr. Ho thinks that might just be the tip of the iceberg. The rat hepatitis E is not something that can be easily diagnosed using the conventional diagnostic assays uh, we have. So I I think there is a high chance that many cases are not detected because of the lack of uh, sensitivity for the current uh, essay. The hospital authority and the government should consider testing more patients and also expanding uh, the laboratory that can offer the tests. Civic Party legislator Kwok Ki says people will never willingly accept the government's proposal to amend extradition laws which would, uh, would allow fugitives to be sent for trial on the mainland. Speaking on RTHK's Letter to Hong Kong program, Dr. Kwok said the issue hadn't been up for debate since the handover as there was a need to maintain a firewall between the SAR and mainland legal systems. He said there were many concerns with the proposal and the administration's arrogant attitude hasn't helped. The response made by Carrie Lam in Mexico recently did not help. Her arrogant speech and points made during the question and answer sections actually make things worse. Her claims that all opinion against the passing of the amendment was trash talk clearly stirred up the emotion of the city, particularly many of the Hong Kong people who did not trust the legal system of mainland. The turnout at the recent rally was a clear sign that people were very angry about the speech made by Carrie Lam. They realized that the government is not listening and is prepared to force through the legislation despite strong opposition. The Secretary for Labor and Welfare, Lao Chi Gong, is warning that Hong Kong's population could begin to decline sooner than expected as more local women choose to start families on the mainland. Wendy Wong has more. Writing on his official blog, Mr. Law said a growing proportion of cross-border marriages involved women from the SAR and mainland men. In such cases, the couple tended to move to start a family on the mainland, the reverse of what usually happens when Hong Kong men marry mainland women. He also said that new policies from the mainland authorities were making it easier for Hong Kong people to move across the border.
Mr. Law said this was likely to mean a reduction in the number of applications for one-way permits, under which people from the mainland can apply for permission to move to Hong Kong, usually for family reunion purposes. A quota of 150 such permits issued by mainland authorities is available each day. The most recent official figures show that about 14,000 Hong Kong men married mainland women in 2017. About half that number of local women married mainland men in the same year. In a 2017 projection, the Census and Statistics Department predicted that Hong Kong's population would peak at 8.22 million in 2043 and then begin to decline. Some 7.34 million people lived in the SAR as of mid-2016. Officials have warned that low birth rates and increased longevity will mean Hong Kong has fewer working-age people to support a growing number of elderly residents. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The Chinese foreign minister has told the United States to show restraint following the trade dispute between the countries. Wang Yi called his U.S. counterpart Mike Pompeo to warn him that recent words and actions coming from Washington had harmed Chinese interests. The BBC's Chris Buckler reports from Washington, D.C. In a telephone call, China's foreign minister issued what's likely to be interpreted as a barely-veiled threat. Wang Yi told Mike Pompeo that America should not go too far during negotiations to resolve their ongoing trade dispute. President Trump raised tariffs on Chinese products just over a week ago as talks were taking place, and China retaliated by raising taxes on U.S. imports. Mr. Wang said Beijing was still willing to resolve their differences, but that it would have to be on an equal footing. A Republican congressman has for the first time accused U.S. President Donald Trump of engaging in impeachable conduct. Justin Amash said he reached the conclusion after reading the Mueller report into Russian interference in the 2016 election. The BBC's Michael Duncan reports. Justin Amash says he's done something few of his colleagues in Congress have, actually read all 448 pages of the Mueller report. He said it showed that Mr Trump had attempted to obstruct justice. He also said that the Attorney General, William Barr, had deliberately misrepresented the report's findings. Mr Amash, who's on the libertarian wing of the Republican Party, considers himself to be a staunch defender of the US Constitution. In a long Twitter stream, he said partisanship had eroded the US system of checks and balances, and that members of Congress had decided to stick with the President, even if they disagreed with him in private. The White House has yet to respond to his comments. The final phase of voting in India's general election is taking place with 59 seats at stake. Prime Minister Narendra Modi's party, the Hindu nationalist BJP, is hoping to repeat its 2014 performance when it won the biggest general election victory by any party in 30 years. Here's the BBC's Rahul Tandon. Amongst the constituencies going to the polls on Sunday is Varanasi, the seat of the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi. There's heavy security across one of the country's largest cities, Kolkata. Violence there last week led to India's election commission, stopping all political campaigning in the city a day early. It is expected to be a busy day at the polls. Turnout during the election so far has been almost 70%, the highest since India gained independence. Results will be announced on Thursday. Sport Manchester City have completed an unprecedented clean sweep of England's domestic competitions. They did it in style with a 6-0 victory over Watford in the FA Cup final at Wembley. That's the biggest winning margin in English football's most historic fixture since 1903. Manager Pep Guardiola said it was the players who deserved the credit. 
Of course, it was incredible final for us, not for Watford, because at the end the result is what it is. But uh, yeah, we finished an incredible year for us, an incredible. So for the organization, all the people from Man City, so big congratulations, especially for the players, of course, because they are the reason why we, we won these titles. Watford boss Javi Garcia admitted his side was always going to be up against it in taking on City. Everybody is really sad, but uh, we knew before the game. Uh, you have to to play the the perfect game. I think we, we started well. We create the the best chance after 10 minutes. We didn't score with Roberto and. It was, it was our option. After that, they dominated the game. The world's best young sprinters were in Diamond League action in Shanghai with Noah Lyles pipping fellow American Christian Coleman to 100 metres victory. The two are tipped as the best of the post-Usain Bolt generation, as the BBC's Ed Harryrick explains. Coleman, the 60 metres world record holder and gold medalist indoors, led out of the blocks and throughout until Noah Lyles, the 200 metre specialist, caught him on the line. It was a new personal best for Lyles in the 100, 9.86 seconds. Coleman was given the same time in second. We expect both Americans to attempt the sprint double at this year's World Championships. The reigning US collegiate champion from last year, Aaliyah Hobbs, was making her Diamond League debut in the women's 100. And she won it. Hobbs has had an incredible week or so, anchoring the USA to sprint relay gold at the IAAF World Relays in Yokohama. And now victory over a field, including, amongst others, the winner of the Olympic sprint double, Elaine Thompson of Jamaica, who finished back in third place. Twin the news, our top stories once again. A leading microbiologist said he expects to see more cases of African swine f fever and rat-based hepatitis E. Lawmaker Kwokaki insists the public will never accept proposals for extradition to the mainland. And there's a warning that Hong Kong's population could fall as local brides move across the border. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by DJ. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color. New dimension, new value, and a new Anatomy. 